Support for the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, providing you with the best tools for your grooming experience. Listen up, fellas. 2020 sucked. It's almost a new year, which means new balls with our sponsor, Manscaped. If you let yourself go during quarantine in 2020, Manscaped is here to help you reboot and stay clean and shaved in 2021. Manscaped is here to give you a fresh start with their Perfect Package 3.0. Included in this brand new luxury grooming kit, which doubles as the perfect gift this holiday season, is Manscaped's new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 electric trimmer. The greatest ball hair trimmer ever created features an anti-accident cutting edge ceramic blade long lasting battery waterproof technology and an led light feature to illuminate grooming areas for closer and more precise trimming the manscaped perfect package 3.0 includes literally everything you need to keep trimmed cut free and smelling nice down there trimmers deodorants moisturizers boxers a travel bag and more all included in this luxury kit tis the season to manscape and make sure you come out of quarantine with clean balls thanks to the lawnmower 3.0 get 20 percent off plus free shipping with code digging deep 20 at manscaped.com your balls will thank you Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com by using code DIGGINGDEEP20. Welcome to the Digging Deep ATV MX Podcast with your host, Two-time defending ATV motocross national champion, Cody Jensen. You heard it here. Breaking news from Bryce Ford right here on the Digging Deep ATV MX podcast. What's up, everybody? We're We're back. back. I'm your host, Cody Jansen, and welcome to a news-breaking episode, episode number 41 of the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast, presented by our title sponsor, CST Tires, available for purchase at shop.csttires.com. Bryce Ford contacted us wanting to break some news about his plans for 2021, so we're going to get right to our conversation with Bryce, and then we'll be joined by his trainer, Dominic Sempolik, of the program Training. Thanks to our sponsors who are all on board with us tonight. CST Tires, go to shop.csttires.com. Yamaha, thanks to Blue Crew, Valvoline, SSI Decals, DID Racing Chain, Whedon Motorsports, the Decker Training Facility, Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV Components, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply, Evans Waterless Power Sports Coolant, Forworks Carbon, DP Brakes, Gripped Gloves, Avocado Green Mattress, Roman Health, Factory 43, and Bike Strikes and Quads, LLC. Support these great companies that support us, and for any products that fall through the cracks, click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner on our website to help us out. Whatever off-road gear or parts you need, Rocky Mountain ATVMC has you covered. So before you buy, click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner on our website to help us out. Now here's Bryce Ford. All right, guys, I'm stoked to get this guy back on the show. Brought to you by Manscaped and their Lawnmower 3.0 electric trimmer. Go to manscaped.com to get 20% off plus free shipping by using code DIGGINGDEEP20 at checkout. It's raining AMA ATV Pro Rookie of the Year, Bryce Ford. What's up, buddy? Thanks for joining us once again. Not much, Cody. Thank you for having me. 
I'm excited. We got some big news to share tonight. Um, So super pumped to have you on. But before we even get into that, you know, we had you on during your rookie season in 2020. um, But I had been looking forward to getting you back on during the off season here to kind of dive into your rookie season as a whole. So this conversation was already on my radar. Then you contacted me with some news that you wanted to break here on Digging Deep. So um, we literally got you on the show here as fast as possible. But before we get ahead of ourselves, I want to talk about that rookie season that you had a little bit. Rookie of the year, fourth in points, two podiums, whole shot awards, laps led, fast qualifier. I mean, it was the best um, season from a first year pro that this sport has seen in a very long time. So tell me, what was it like? Was it what you expected it to be? Give us some insight into your feelings uh, now that the, the 2020 season, your rookie season has come to an end. No, for sure. Um... Going into Daytona, I was honestly really nervous because I've never made such a big step in my life. Going into the pro class is a whole nother ball game, and everyone knows that. So I, I felt good going into Daytona, and in a week before, I sort of shut down on myself because I was so nervous. Um, um, and then I went to Daytona, and I had a good qualifying time. I had a good heat race, and then I got fourth in the main unfortunately Thomas Broker I would have got fifth which was still awesome top five my first pro race Mm -hmm. um so I was super stoked on that we went to Aonia I had I had a couple problems like like I couldn't breathe about halfway through and I I never recovered from that so I I had a pretty bad race in which that set me back like wow like I need to go go home and figure some things out and then I gave Dom a call on the way home and I'm like Dom what's it gonna take to uh have you start training me and me and Dom work some things out. And that's when I joined the program. And then from there on out, I felt like each race got better and better and better. And then we went to Pleasure Valley. I felt super confident. Um, I qualified good. I think I was top three. Um, Mm -hmm. And then come the race, uh, I was racing. And then I saw Joel broke in the first one. And I was like, wow, like this is really about to happen. Like, you have an opportunity right here to get on the podium. Um, just finish out the race. And, and I finished out the race and I got third in that one. And then in the next one, I pulled a good start. I knew I had to beat Jeffrey to get on the podium. Um, Joel was obviously out front with Chad. And then it was Thomas and then me. No, no. It was me and then Jeffrey and then Thomas. And I knew I just had to ride my race and, and look forward and do my thing. And I did that. And, and I got on the podium. And honestly, I didn't even ride that hard in that race because I was so nervous. But when I got off the track and I was on the podium, I was like, wow, this is the best feeling. But I couldn't really express it. I wanted to, but I was like, I'm about to throw up just because there were so many nerves in that race. I, I just have never felt something like that. I've, I've won a lot of championships. I've, a lot of them have come close, like down to the line. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've never had that feeling where I was just so nervous, like, I could ride obviously, but I was just like, like what's going on? Like I didn't even realize I got on the podium to be honest with you. Like everything was just a flash, but no, that was a super awesome time. And then a couple of races later we went to Redbud, and I mean, who would think like that's, that's not a strong track for me probably because it's going to get rough mm-hmm. and all, and everything else. Um, but I ended up qualifying first, which I was super happy with. I mean, it one of the roughest tracks of the year I qualified first so that was super awesome and then we went to Texas and in the first day I did really good I think I pulled one one start the second moto 
and I led a couple laps and, and I just fell back from there and I got fourth that day, which I was, I was happy about, but I felt like I could have got the podium. Um, and then Sunday I came out, I felt super good. We all knew that the track was going to be a little bit smoother because the first qualifying session was at eight and then the moto was at 11 and we all like, um, I know, and, and everyone in my corner knows a smoother track suits me on my bike. So I was super, super excited that, that it was early, early qualifying and early moto. And, and I went out and qualified and I literally just felt like I was at my house. Like I didn't, I didn't even look around at the, at the race. I usually like mess around, look around. I was so focused on myself. Um, I ended up qualifying a second and a half faster. And I was like, wow, like, I don't know what happened, but mm-hmm. I looked at the time and I was like, is, is this right? <laughs> or someone, someone playing games with me. And then I came off the track and, and they confirmed with me that it was a second and a half faster. And I was like, wow, like that just happened. So, so I had a lot of confidence going into the moto. I knew I pulled a start mm-hmm. Saturday, so I felt confident today. Um, and honestly, I pulled the start and I felt super good. Uh, if you were there, you saw, I mean, I pulled a good lead and I had one major mistake before the pro section double and, and Joel was right on me after I made that mistake. And that sort of sort of took the wind out of my sail. Um, but I ended up uh, getting a third place, which I was super excited about because I was born literally five minutes from the track. So it's it's like a home home race for me. So. Mm-hmm. So that one meant a lot, but honestly, like, I can't even describe, like, the feeling of getting on the podium, the feeling of, like, knowing that your work paid off is is next to none. Like, you can't buy that feeling. You can't, like, even, like, it's just, it's just awesome. Like, when you get on the podium, you've achieved something, and hopefully next year I can, I can up that, maybe get a second, hopefully a first, and, and I'll just go from there. Yeah. So talk to me about, about confidence because, um, you know, obviously we all, everybody that was there in Texas, I mean, that was what we were all talking about. We spent a whole entire episode that people were saying we should have just named it the Bryce Ford episode after that, because that's what everybody was talking about. It was amazing what you did, um, you know, racing with them front guys and just the blistering speed and all those things. But talk to me about confidence because, you know, you, started to find your footing and then, you know, you, uh, ripped a whole shot at sunset Ridge. You led some laps there. Then the next weekend you go to pleasure Valley, you find yourself on the podium, you earn a podium finish there, you know, shortly thereafter, you're ripping more whole shots, leading laps, you know, your, your fast qualifier comes, um, you get that second, that second podium at, at, uh, at three palms there and you were in the mix. I mean, that was a totally different podium feel than the first one that came at pleasure Valley. So talk to me about confidence because it's like, as soon as I think it's even more with you, I mean, you just have such a, such just a different mental makeup, a different killer instinct in you. You have something special that most people don't have, but it's like, as soon as you believed, as soon as you knew you could do it, like you could race with them front guys, it was a whole nother ball game. And I think that's what we're going to see in 2021. No, for sure. And, and just like you said, confidence and the mental part of racing is a, is a huge thing. Like, so what helps me with confidence is like, I had a lot of confidence going into Daytona and then I lost it all at, at uh, Aonia Pass and Monday Creek. Um, and what helps me with the confidence part is like, once you hit rock bottom, like you can't do any worse than that. So you have to build from that. Mm-hmm. But like after Pleasure Valley, I don't know, like I can't explain what happened. 
but like my confidence, like you just said, it changed. Like there, there's a, there's a fire in me that knows like, okay, Bryce, like you're supposed to, you need to start like getting good starts and, and you like deserve to be up there. And it's just the thing, like, I don't know how to explain, but it's something that I feel like when I'm racing, like, or, or off the start, I feel confident. Like, like we saw towards the end of the year, I was more confident mm-hmm. getting on the line with these guys. I wasn't so nervous and I started getting starts and I started leading laps and it just got better and better throughout the year. And, and I will give credit. A lot of the confidence came from Dom. He, he's very good on the mental side of things. And that was one of my biggest reasons that I wanted to work with him. And one of his big sayings is like, like to become a champion, you have to be a warrior. And like, not everyone's a warrior. And like, that's like something like a lot of things Dom says I take and I, and I learn from them. And like, at the end of the day, he like, it all means something because he's been there. He's done that. Like when he trained with Joel, like they were at the top, they were the best. And then, and then they split their ways. And it's like, I knew about Dom and I'm like, like, I want that guy in my corner. So I called him right after Aonia, like I said, and I'm like, Dom, like, what do we need to do to figure it out? because he knows the ropes to get up top and he knows how to build someone like that. So that's that he's a super important part of my program. And I know he doesn't help a lot of people, but, but I appreciate and I thank everything that he's done for me. Yeah. I mean, he's been there. He's done this before with a guy who's very similar to you. Um, you know, a young Joel Hetrick, you know, rookie phenom up and coming rising star, all those things. So he's kind of done this before. So it makes so much sense to have him in your corner. But uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting to hear you talk about confidence there. And then, you know, to talk about Dom and, you know, kind of the way he's able to motivate you and to give you that confidence. I feel like you guys are just on the same wavelength. You know, you're a big, you know, uh, motocross, supercross guy like I am. You're into all that stuff. And you hear those guys, those athletes, just like ours, but you hear those guys talk about, you know, how for a racer, you create this perfect little bubble of like no negativity, no, um, you know, you got to build up the race or whatever. You got to create this maybe even false confidence for some people. And with you guys, it's different. It's like, you know, you're going to, you're going to harden yourself. It's like a, it's like an, and like you said, a warrior, like an, an athlete, a football player, something like that, a gladiator. It's like, you're just, you're just pounding yourself into shape, but this, I mean, physically, yes, but you're talking about it mentally, like you're hardening yourself. So whatever happens on the racetrack, you're already prepared for it. You're already, you're already, you know, I'm, I'm badass. Whatever comes at me, I'm going to handle it. No. And you're right. And that's like, so that goes back to like when we're training, like when I'm working out and I'm on the phone with Dom, like if I work out bad, he tells me I work out bad. If I'm doing good, he, he tells me I'm doing a good job. Mm-hmm. So one thing that's great about our team and, and Ford brothers racing and, and Mark Baldwin and, and Wayne and JB and, and just everyone who's in our group, they're honest. There's no, there's no over inflating like, Oh, you're doing great. When I was the slowest one out there, it's, we're all real with each other. So, so when we're, when we're all clicking and things are going great, we all have confidence in each other. Like, like I have a lot of confidence in my machine because I, I would say that Mark Baldwin's the best in the business. Um, I wouldn't want anyone else doing it, but it's like, if something goes wrong, we all admit it. We, we like, we all just, I mean, we're all real with each other. And I think it really helps with the confidence thing because it's like, we're not showing up saying that, Hey, we're really training good. 
and then we show up at a race and we're pointing the finger like what's going on mm-hmm. it's like if i don't put in the work the week before and dom tells me that then that's it's on me at the racetrack it's not oh it was my rear breaker oh it was my grip you know like mm-hmm. like it's it's just the thing of our team being very close and and everyone knowing what they need to do and it's like it it really helps with the confidence thing like i can trust my bike i can trust my trainer like Mm -hmm. everything just starts clicking and it really helps with the confidence side of things yeah and 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 i've said this to you before you've created uh an all-star lineup of people in your corner um you know with obviously with mark baldwin who's like the best of the best and wayne meridian and, and dom who's the best trainer in the business for my money we've talked about that before so to have that many great people in your corner um it's just taking all this talent you have all this all this stuff that you have i mean obviously and then you pair that up with the great program that your parents with Ford brothers racing have created. I think, uh, you know, the, the sky is the limit and, and you have to obviously be happy with the season that you had your rookie season. But um, I feel like, you know, there's, there's, there's so much, there's an exponential amount of growth to be had. And, and, and I think that as we look to 2021, um, you know, that's, that opportunity is there, but I have to ask, I want to touch on one more thing before we go ahead. Just one thing real quick. And I want to make this clear. Like, like, so I know, I know there's been a rumor around ATV racing for a lot of years that, that Bryce board, he's not willing to put in the work. He's not, he's not willing to push the limit. And, and that, that has been a thing. I have lost love for, for racing and not now, but it's been in the past. Like when I won the 250 titles, I lost a little bit of, of the want and the, the grit and like that. But I'm telling you right now, if, if you, if anyone thinks that, they, they need to think again because I'm telling you, like Dom, he works a full-time job. He he goes after his job, and he's trying to help train me. Mm-hmm. Mark Baldwin, he's giving up his life, and he comes to our house, and he helps helps test. And Wayne, for the first time in 15 years, I don't know the exact time, but he was at the ATV banquet. And then last, last week, he came down to our house. And it's just like the people I have in my corner, I'm – I'm, I appreciate everything they do and I'm willing to work as hard as I can to win for them. That's the end goal for all of us. Like Mark Baldwin wants to win just as bad as me. And, and now I understand that and I'm willing to do anything. So if anyone thinks that I'm not willing to work, I think I, I would just rethink that because I'm telling you everyone that helps me, I appreciate it. And I'm, I'm trying just as hard as they are. Well, and, and that's got to be a huge thing. I mean, when you have people in your corner that want it as bad as you do, that are willing to do anything that they can for you, um, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's, you know, giving you that much more confidence, that's boosting you that much more, that's, that's going to make you, you know, in, in times of doubt or when you maybe don't want to do that extra rep or whatever, like that makes you want to go that much farther when people are working that hard for you. And, and when you go to the line with a machine that's 100% perfectly prepped by, by Mark or, or you guys have put in all that time behind the scenes to make that thing perfect, when you go to the line knowing that your trainer has you as ready as you could ever be for that race there's a piece that comes with that with that um 
you know, that knowing that you couldn't have done anything more, you're ready. Now let's go do this thing. I feel like you're at that point right now. And now you're like the carrots out in front of you. You got the speed, you've got the podiums, you've led the laps, you've, you know, been fast qualifier, you've done all these things. The next step is to do that every single weekend. And, you know, again, that carrot's right there. Now you just got to go snatch it. And then as soon as you get it, it's going to be like, Hey, I'm going to hold on to this thing. Like, I feel like now you're at the point in your career where motivation and passion for the sport and all these things, that's not going to be hard to, it's not like you got to manufacture it anymore because you're the talk of the sport and, and opportunity. Like you have the, the world, the ATV racing world, uh, you know, in your hands right now. And now it's just what you do with it. So I have to believe it's an exciting time to be braced for it. No. And for sure. Just like you said, like, 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 um, just like ah, it's hard to explain but like just all the work everyone does for us like Nick Hickey he comes out here every single day mm -hmm. and works as hard as he can just everyone and it's like I, right now like you said it's in my hands like so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put these logos and sponsors on my bike and fail them because of me like and I take that very seriously now um like I'm gonna try my hardest and I'm gonna work out as hard as I can last year I learned, I failed some, I, I didn't do as good as I wanted, but like, I'm, I understand and I'm growing up and I, and I understand that, that the sponsors that are on my bike and the people that are in my corner are trying as hard as they can. So I want to represent them in the best way I can. And like, I, I am willing to push it that extra 1% every day. I'm willing to put in the work at night when maybe someone else is sleeping. Like, like, and a lot of, like, one thing I realized, like, Bryce, this is not fun anymore. It, it needs to be, like, like, it needs to become a job. And, it, and, and it's still a lot of fun for me. Mm -hmm. But I need to realize, like, it doesn't always have to be fun. Like, like, rowing doesn't have to be fun. You need to go into a dark place and push through it. And when you're on the, in the top step of the podium, you'll realize why you did it. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of what I'm learning. I'm, I'm very young. I'm 18 and I'm just learning this stuff, but it's like, like people like Dom have helped me realize like not everyone's willing to do this. That's why you're where you're at, but you need to keep going. Like talent can only take you so far and you need to now put in the hard work to, to improve even more. Well, and think about, think about it wasn't that long ago when you're a youth racer and you're still looking up at the pro ranks and thinking, you know, those guys are my heroes. I want to be one of those guys. Now you're there. You're there. You're one of the top tier pros that, uh, that all the other kids are looking up at. So you're where you wanted to be. You're in, you're at a point, you're going into year two and you're, you're coming in as a contender. Like this is, it's unheard of what you're doing. Um, so, you know, I think that again, I think that 20, as we look to 2021, um, I think that things are, are the sky's the limit. Things are very exciting. And I want to, I want to move forward with this so we can get to your breaking news. But before we do, I, I I do know as we're talking about younger racers, guys you look up to, I know you've grown up being big fans of the guys that you're now racing against. And I know what that's like, but I don't know what it's like to dice it up with the likes of Chad Ween and Joel Hattrick, Thomas Brown and the crew. So tell me what that's like, because specifically in Texas, um, there was a stint there where you were literally the fastest guy on the racetrack. What is that like? What is it like racing against your heroes? Guys you looked up to just seemed like just yesterday. 
No, and, and see, that's one of the things that, that Dom's helped me with a lot and, and everyone in my corner is sort of helping me with mature. Like that's one of the biggest problems is, is like three years ago, I was in a 250 class. I was looking up to Joel Hetrick, Thomas Brown, and Chad Weenan. Like they, they've been my idols. I went to Breezewood, let's say five years ago, and I was getting trained by Joel Hetrick, Thomas Brown, and Chad Weenan. So that's another aspect. It's, it's very hard for me, but I'm, I'm maturing and I'm learning. Like you're racing these guys now. Like, like you can be their friends off the track, but, but let's push them and let's, let's race them hard and clean on the track. And that's something I struggled with a little bit last year. Um, like, like they would pass me and I would just like let them go and then like mm -hmm. not, not put in a hundred percent effort. And that's one thing I'm going to change and I will change. Um, um, like just, I'm, I'm just going to focus on myself and, and I know I look back a lot and that's one of the biggest things a lot of people complain to me about. I'm going to get better about that because now I know I'm on the gate with the 20 best people and each, each rank that they went up, they were the best. So, I mean, there's 20 of us. Mm -hmm. Um, so I just need to get more trust in these people and, and just do what I know how to do. Of course, I mean, of course, but you're it's, always, it's hard though. That's one of the hardest things is, is mentally knowing that you're racing your idols and mm -hmm. you sort of can't look at them like that. Like, no, you I look can't. At, I look at Joel as a competitor now and it's hard because I used to look at him as like, like he came to my house in like 2012 mm -hmm. and it was like his first or second year in pro and he got surgery on his arm. I was on a 90 CVT. Like that's how long I've looked up to these pros and it, that's been one of that's been one of my biggest struggles is, mm -hmm. is you can't look up to them. You're, you're, you're competing against them. Like, like they're your competitors. So that's, that's been a struggle, but I'm getting better and I'm learning and I'm maturing with that. So, so take me inside your mindset on day two at three palms. When you pass Chad, what are you thinking in that moment? To be honest with you, I, I passed Chad. I was behind Chad and I was like, wow. Like, like this is, this is a surreal moment, honestly. Like, and once I passed him, I'm like, like, I'm not going to lie to you. I was like, not, not many people, you don't really pass Chad. No. Okay. And, and I passed him and I'm like, wow, this, this really just happened. But, but I'd never done that. And that's something that I learned from like, like once you pass him, you gotta, you gotta look forward and you gotta just ride your race. And I, I don't think I did that the best. I think I sort of maybe got a little flustered, made a couple mistakes, and then he got back around me. But I'm going to tell you, like, like battling with those guys is, is the best feeling ever because we all know those three that I mentioned, Thomas Brown, Joel Hetrick, and Chad Weenan, and I'm not saying everyone else isn't fast. Those are just the top three guys mm -hmm. right now. Yep. Um. Like we know they're the fastest in the world. And that's the cool thing about it is like, like, oh my gosh, you're racing like against the fastest people in the world. So it's like, like it really, like when I passed him, it really set me back for a second. I was like, whoa, did this really just happen? You know, but it was, it was, it was a pretty cool moment. Yeah. That's amazing. You gotta be, 
I mean, that was, that seemed that moto there was the, was kind of the, the peak, I feel like of your, of your rookie season. And uh, I feel like um, there's going to be a whole lot more of that to come in 2021 and it's super exciting, but we got to get to this breaking news. Um, people are waiting. Um, so, you know, I had spent the season saying somehow you managed to live up to the hype that was placed on you last off season. You definitely did that. We've been, we've been talking about it now for a while. Um, and I fully expected that you were going to line up with basically the same program for 2021, but that's not entirely true, is it? So tell us about your plans for the 2021 season. No, for sure. So for the 2021 season, I'm going to, I think I'm going to, I mean, I am going to switch to a Yamaha. Um, I think it's the best move for, for me. Uh, I just think it's something that we could grow on and I could, I could possibly win, win a pro title on this. So I think it's just a great move for me and my team, I would say. Um, so that's, that's the plan for 2021. Wow. You guys heard it here. Breaking news from Bryce Ford right here on the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. Bryce Ford will ride our Yamaha in 2021. So where did that decision come from? Is there, I mean, is this a, is this a recent development or is this a decision that's been in consideration for a while? Tell me more. Okay. So, so it has, it, I mean, it has been obviously floating around for a couple of years. I mean, it floated around when I switched to a 450 because it's like, wow, the Yamaha is really developing, but it, I felt like it lacked in a couple of places. So, so we, we rode a Honda, I rode a Honda obviously, and I rode one last year. And some of my biggest struggles last year were endurance and, and the bike sort of beat me up towards the end of the race and the non-fuel injection carbureted. It started bogging. Okay. So me and my dad, after the banquet, we were thinking about it. And one of my biggest things is, like, I really would like to try on the best. So I was like, all right, Dad, you know what? Why don't we call Chad Weenan and see if we can get something, like maybe buy a bike from him or something. Okay. And I was in Illinois the, uh, after the banquet, and I was like, hey, Chad, do you have anything for sale? And unfortunately, Chad said no. So I was like, dang it. Um, so I called my dad and, and we figured some things out since then. Uh, I rode a bike this last weekend, obviously it wasn't a weaning bike yet, but we are in the process of, of getting something together with Chad. Maybe in a couple okay. of years I can ride for him, but, but okay. as of right now, Chad weaning is going to build us a Yamaha and I'm going to try it. Um, but I, I tried something this last weekend. It's not exactly what I'm going to race on. So I mm -hmm. don't really want to release too much information okay. on what exactly I was on. But in the aspect of switching to a Yamaha, the bike, I rode it at Three Palms last weekend. It's the, the smoothest, best handling, most power I've ever rode, hands down. And that's saying something because, you know, obviously you're coming from a uh, fully developed, like you think of Baldwin stuff as being the best of the best of the best Honda stuff. And uh, so to think that you can hop on a, on a Yamaha and have it anywhere in that ballpark in that realm is pretty amazing. I mean, um, you know, you said to me earlier, you know, that this is the, this is one of the best feeling machines you've ever been on. And, and we touched on this uh, earlier when we talked that you've ridden some of the baddest ass quads that have ever been built with the high hybrids you rode over the years and obviously like I said all Mark stuff is so nice um so to so these praises from you for the Yamaha uh that's pretty amazing so did you guys make the change for any specific reason um I'm assuming you know that uh it's it's uh it's a move that 
is going to better your program. So take me um, through, you know, you told us about the decision. Now tell me why. Was there any specific reason why you wanted to make it? So one of the biggest reasons was is last year, uh, mainly we struggled with suspension and, okay. and being a carbureted bike at the end of the race, the fuel would boil and it would, it didn't have any fuel pressure. So it would start to cut out. Okay. Um, so, so me and my dad were talking, it's obviously been a thought over the years. I mean, Yamaha is getting better each year. Um, and me and my dad were like, you know what, let's try it. So I, I told my dad, I'm, I'm willing to ride a Yamaha. And it's obviously a big investment because we still had to build the Honda and we had to build a Yamaha because we weren't sure if I was going to like it. But they brought the bike to Three Palms. I set up the, the levers. That's it. I, we didn't even do ride height the first time I got on it. Okay. And I went and rode the thing. Let's say I ran a 128.8. And I know the .8 is correct. Okay. I don't know about the 128, but <laughs> okay. the, the point eight is correct. Okay. And All then right. I rode the Honda a couple laps and we, we made changes to that. We, we put some stuff on there that we're testing, but I mean, it's, it's clearly night and day better, but, um, I rode it a couple laps. I got used to it. Obviously I've rode it before. Um, and then I went out on it and I ran a 128.4 and, and just in that, just, right out of the box without touching anything on the Yamaha and not being comfortable on it at all. It had yep. a stock seat on it. If that tells you much. Okay. Um, so I ran four tenths of a second off. So it's like, that's when we really start thinking and, and we're like, okay, so we got to think about this. The track's completely smooth and I ran the same exact lap time. So I just think that's where the switch started to happen and then i started riding the yamaha i rode it six laps and and i got off the bike took my helmet off and the track was fairly smooth and i i wasn't even like sweating at all and i haven't rode in three months oh wow so that's when you start to think you're like okay so when the track starts to get rougher what's gonna happen i mean yeah it's gonna handle i mean not as good as it would in the smooth but if I'm in the same lap time a second on a Yamaha on a smooth track, why would I not switch? So that's sort of when the whole switch started to happen. And then we started testing it and we changed the suspension. We stiffened it up and, and it just started getting better and better throughout the day. We, we made a custom seat. We cut the seat a little bit okay. and, and it just got better and better. So I think for, for my, for my career to, to go on a bike that let's say it's at 80% of its capability, I think that it's a better switch for me. And I think that that good things will come with switching to Yamaha. Yeah, that's awesome to hear. You know, when you talk about um, that, you know, you think you can have better endurance with this machine. You know, we've heard Chad was on our show talking about the the rear end on those things being such a strength. You told us about it too. Um, and then the, if the power delivery is that much better, you know, at first when you kind of uh, when you messaged me about this uh, decision that you guys had made kind of was, it seemed like this came out of left field for me. And then I started to think, and I knew that when Thomas took his big step forward, his big leap forward, that was when he brought Mark into, you know, into his program. And, and Mark was working on the engines of those things. And he had, you know, PP performance tuning, you know, working on it as well. That's when Thomas kind of took that major step that was connected, you know, that, 
uh, Baldwin PP performance tuning coming into the program was connected with when Thomas took that major leap forward. So it made uh, that much more sense than when I thought about it. I'm like, okay, they had figured out the program. Now Bryce just hopped on it. And that's probably why it was like, it was pretty much figured out by the time you got on this thing. So you're going to take all that time effort that those guys put into this setup, this combination, and you're going to use it to your advantage. No, and, and like I said earlier, like I felt like one of the biggest downfalls of a Yamaha in the previous years was that the Honda would just pull out of the gate and then they would just run. And they could get far enough ahead to where I don't – I mean, yes, Chad did win. And, and But I feel like in the John Natale, if he would have been in a little bit better shape, it would have been a very competitive race. And I just – I've always been around Hondas, so that's what we ended up on. Mm-hmm. But now that more developing – went into the Yamaha and like you said, Baldwin developed with Thomas. So it's like, I rode this thing and I was a little nervous cause I, I've heard like the Yamahas are a little bit slower, this, that, this, and, and I rode it and I was shocked by the power. Like I know it's fuel injection. To be honest with you, it felt a little bit slower off the snap and it's fuel injection, which doesn't make sense. But uh-huh. what was so much nicer is there was no throttle delay and that the power was just smooth all the way through. Like it didn't want to rip my arms off at all. I, I could, I'm telling you, I rode the thing for six laps. Um, and, and I felt like I was honestly on like a 250, but we looked at lap times and I was faster than the Honda at the end of the day. So it's, so it's, just, it's just such a smooth bike and it handles so well. I don't see why I wouldn't make the switch to, to maybe improve on it. Hey, when the pros outweigh the cons, there's the decision is easy, right? So um, I feel like I feel like the 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 writing's on the wall there, and and I believe you know we've uh, you know I've been on record obviously on these shows and stuff saying that we need to support the the brand that's supporting the sport. But for somebody like you, you're only 18 years old right now. Um, your your future in this sport is long like you could you could you're the guy for as we look to the future um so if yamaha continues to support the sport if yamaha's continue to you know to prioritize atv motocross and atv racing that can only benefit you obviously we want another brand in there to push yamaha but the fact that um you know that that you're gonna kind of be another person supporting the this yamaha takeover i feel like that's a great thing for the sport and that's going to continue to trickle down to racers below you. But, um, you know, I feel like that's just a great look for everybody involved when somebody like you is wanting to support a brand that's continued to support the sport and innovate their, their machine year in and year out. No, for sure. That's, that's one thing that I'm really big on. I I don't really voice my opinion much, but, but I think that it's very important that, that the series and, and majority of the people are on Yamaha because let's look at it. Like you said, they're the only manufacturer in the sport. And I think we need to support them. Like, like this year they gave out a free, free stock Yamaha to who, whoever entered the stock class and raced the n- enough races. I think it was like a minimum. Um, and they gave out a free quad and, and it's just like, they're still producing and they're, they're going to make a better quad each year. So I think it's important that we support them. And one thing that really changed my mind on that a couple of years ago is when it was a real big thing about hybrids. And, and I always, I, like you said earlier, I always had the next, next level hybrids. And I just don't feel like that's a fair, fair ball game. I feel like you could get someone that could come in and just 
just buy the nicest hybrid and throw, let's say, a fifth place pro rider on it, mm-hmm. and they could they could possibly beat that factory that factory stock like the the Yamaha the OEM frame. Yep. So I've just never really been a big fan of the of the um, hybrid class. I've always been a big fan of of support who supports you. I mean that's I mean who wouldn't? But um, a lot of people don't do it, and it's sad to see. But but now that I'm on Yamaha. And even before I wasn't on them, I, I, I completely back everyone that supported Let's Stay OEM because I'm going to tell you right now, there is no fields that the Honda is better in. The suspension's better on a Yamaha. The power was better. The handling was better. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the transmission's better. Mm-hmm. I mean, what else, what else beats that? What, you what know? And I, don't, I wasn't around the Suzuki era, but those things are older now. And it's like this, this Yamaha is, is next level. And yeah. I think it's something for amateurs that are coming out of the 250 class. And I hope they listen to this podcast because I was scared too when I was on a 250 to run a Yamaha because I never, there was not much knowledge about them. Chad Weenan like was the one who had the next level stuff. And now that it's out to everyone, I think that it's something everyone needs to take into consideration. A hundred percent. We touched on this before, but um, you know, there was a changing of the guard. It wasn't that many years ago where everything was starting to kind of gear itself towards going hybrid um, style racing with a lot of the classes. And that was something that was a push that I was just anti everything I believe in, you know, and I feel like thankfully everything is coming back around where racers i mean obviously at the top level you guys are replacing all your parts and and everything else you guys are the cream of the crop and but people now with this huge yamaha takeover in the pro class people are there's going to be a trickle down people are going to follow what you guys do that's what always happens and the way that the yamaha is um you know they again they innovate their machine gets better every year all these things you can race the thing you can buy one off the showroom floor not do much to it and go racing plus they have the production stock and pro production classes which are you know pretty much box stock classes that's the best thing that can happen for our sport is make it so that i don't have to buy a honda take all the parts off change all the parts and then go racing i can buy a yamaha do minimal stuff to it and go racing. I feel like, again, that's the greatest thing that can happen to this sport. And that's also a great thing for you who wants the sport to be here long into the future for you and your professional career. No, for sure. I I 100% agree with you on the, on the Yamaha, like the stock bike. I rode one for multiple years and I've always just been nervous to switch, but like, I've always liked the bike. Mm -hmm. I've never raced a class, but next year I can I'll tell you, I'm the first to tell you this as well, that I I will be racing the stock Yamaha class. But it's like, if I told you last year that I was going to race the stock Yamaha, or the the production stock class, I'm sorry, not stock Yamaha class. But um, if I told you I was going to race a Honda, you would laugh at me. And I just think it goes to show like, like the Yamaha is, is ahead of every bike right now. Like if you, like just people need to look at it and they need to think about it because it's, it's like, like I said, I have the best, like you said earlier, I have the most developed Honda and developed Honda in the pro class. Mm-hmm. And I got on a out of the box Yamaha, which was modded obviously. And it was better than the Honda that I raced all here. So I just think that it's something that, that, that we just need to really think about. And everyone that listens to this should, should think about it. Like, 
like we need to start getting off the hybrids and going to Yamahas and and same with Honda Suzuki's whatever you race I think it's a good thought because I think that it that Yamaha fits a lot more people than they think because I'm going to tell you three weeks ago I I was like god is this Yamaha gonna fit me right my my goofy riding style and I rode it and it and it changed my riding it's amazing to hear. And, and again, I, I just, I love the fact that people like you, I mean, Joel's doing it now. We got all this, this trickle down throughout the classes that's going to continue to become more and more that we're supporting the brand that's prioritizing ATB racing. I mean, they showed it, you know, they're not just supporting Chad Weenan, you know, they're supporting riders, you know, with their contingency program, they're giving, you know, they gave away that quad at the banquet. They're supporting, um, you know, efforts like my podcast here. They prioritize ATB racing enough that they want to help this podcast so that we're talking more and more about ATB racing. I just, I love that. I love what Yamaha is doing for the sport. And it's awesome to see that you're going to go that direction. Now, when we talk about your, uh, program specifically I mean you'll you'll still be under the Baldwin tent right uh, like years past just um, you know now on a, on a Yamaha instead of a Honda am I correct on that no you're 100% correct I'm still gonna ride for Baldwin he might be a little upset about that the Yamaha switch just because I think <laughs> I think he definitely has bled red for a long time oh yeah and I don't know if he's 100% ready for the switch but no um I he'll support me obviously and yep and hopefully we can bring bring home a championship for Baldwin on a Yamaha. But uh, no, for sure, I'll be under his tent and, and we're going to race Yamahas. Yeah, awesome. Huge development. I'm so uh, so uh, glad that we could break the news here on the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. Let's transition uh, as we kind of, um, you know, wind down on this thing. I want to talk about your goals for 2021. You're obviously going to be a podium contender uh, every time you go to the starting gate from here on out. But what would make for a successful sophomore season for you? Where do you see yourself? Like I said, you're a, you're a contender. There's no doubt about that. Um, where do you see yourself going into the 20- 2021 season no for sure like I I have goals and there's what I want obviously what I want is to win but my goal for this year is is let's start out like let's go into Daytona positive um with our our everything that I've done let's train hard let's go into there uh with confidence um I would like to get a couple podiums but if this year starts out good I'm gonna I mean I'm gonna go for my main goal try to win it but but this year my main goal is to win. But my goal for the start is let's let's try to win a couple races and let's be a little bit more consistent because last year I had a cup I had uh, three like a ninth a tenth and a twelfth or something. Yep. And I would sort of like to try to knock those out um, because I know I we've watched Chad Weenan for seven years. He's very consistent, um, and I think it's a big thing. I think it it really helps you maybe win win titles or get on the podium more or get, I mean, top three at the end of the year. So my goal for next year is, is let's win races and then let's go from there. Yeah. I think that's a great mindset to have. I mean, it's a, it's a mindset that's wise bond your years. And I feel like uh, that's kind of been something I've said pretty much every time I've talked to you is that you have this mature sense to you, but yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, you have to be consistent. Um, if you're going to compete with the likes of, of Chad Wien and Joel Hetrick, they're two of the all time greats in this sport. And uh, yeah, you, you got to be consistent. You're not going to be able to have some of those other finishes sprinkled in there, but you've done it all right. I mean, you've done, you know, you've been, 
10 fast qualifier. You've got whole shots. You've led laps. You've been a podium guy. The next thing is obviously to, you know, to win a moto, to win races, but it's going to be to do it every weekend. So as long as, I mean, you got the right mindset, as long as you go out there and you start putting together these, um, you know, good weekend after good weekend, you start stacking success. Like I like to say, um, if you do that, you're going to be right where you want to be at the end of the season. No, and for sure. One of my biggest goals is though, is to win a race because like once you get that feeling of, of winning, even if it's one race, yep. once you get that feeling like I had last year, I qualified fastest a couple of times. I got a couple whole shots. I got on the podium a couple of times, yep. but I feel like once you get that, that feeling and once you get that, that one, one win, one moto win under your belt, mm-hmm. I feel like we're really going to see things start changing for me. I think you're going to see what, what we've seen in the past. I, I really, I'm a little upset with myself last year. I lost a really, the killer instinct. I still had it, but I, I felt like I gave in too easy, but I think once I get my first, first win, I think we're going to start seeing different things. I think we're going to see a more motivated Bryce Ford than ever. And I, I just think you'll see something completely different, which that, that I had in the amateur day and I had in my youth career. I just think once I get that first win under my belt in pro, I think you'll start seeing something different. I think you're right. I mean, we saw that last season where, you know, you got one whole shot, then you got more, you led some laps, then you led more, you got one podium, you got more. I feel like that's the trajectory you've been on. I mean, I think that you're a kind of guy that I'm sure you wanted the season to end. It was a long season by the end of it, but you were hitting your stride. You were getting better every weekend. So um, yeah, I think that, I think that you're exactly right. As soon as you get that first taste, you're going to want more. And when we talk about where you're going to get you know, you're going to try to get those podiums, get those wins. I'd like to touch on the schedule. The schedule just came out in the last week or two. Um, so let's go over that quickly. Daytona is back for 2021. Um, you know, then we're back to Three Palms, a place that you know well, obviously. High Point for the first time since 2018. Back to Aonia Pass, Sunset Ridge, Pleasure Valley again. The return of Unadilla, Redbud, Loretta Lynn's is thankfully back. And then Briarcliff for the first time since 2014. What do you think? about the 2021 schedule honestly i i love what you just read off to me i i love the faster tracks which we have a couple of those on there we have unadilla we have um pleasure valley which which i did good there mm-hmm. my home track three palms daytona is always a cool event it's always special the nerves are a little high there so right. it's always cool to see how you perform under a lot of pressure um the only one that i struggled at last year was was aonia but I think that we can figure that out. I think it was just because I went and looked at the start and I told Baldwin like this start uh, is sketchy for some reason. And I couldn't tell you why it's sketchy, but I just felt like that right-hander was really high speed. But um, I I feel like in all in all, the schedule is is super good. And I'm super grateful that like we got a track like high point back on the schedule. We're going back to Loretta's Mm -hmm. just these tracks with so much history and like high point is just, an awesome, awesome racetrack with a lot of elevation. So, so all in all, the schedule's super good, and I'm super fortunate that we can still go to these these awesome tracks and these historic tracks. 
Absolutely. Uh, you're spot on. I mean, when you're talking about fast tracks, I agree hundred percent. I think that you're going to get your things figured out with Aonia pass. I think that this year being your first outdoor track, um, you know, for, for your professional career, I think that that's going to be no comparison when you head there for year two with all the experience you now have under your belt. Cause I do believe that that Aonia pass track is a fast track, a more Bryce Ford type of racetrack than some. So I think that that's going to be really good. Briarcliff too. Briarcliff's a really good track. That's, that's high high speed, kind of hard packed, kind of more of a, a track that I think of that'll suit your style. Um, and I just, I like the the look of the schedule as far as going to tracks that are ATV friendly, that want to have us. I like supporting those promoters that really prioritize uh, ATV nationals and, and wanting to have ATV racing at their track. So I feel like the, feel like the, the schedule was a really good looking one. Yeah. And uh, for sure. I mean, I, I think that uh, it's all good, good vibes only as far as we, uh, as far as we look into 2021 yeah and just another thing real quick before we pass on this part yeah, uh, yeah. one thing that i'm pretty stoked on is that we're going back to briar cliff i know i know there were quite a bit of of crashes there in the years past but i felt like it was it was a really unlucky weekend but Agreed. what i've seen is is that tracks always promoting quads and open ride day here and open ride day there mm -hmm. so so props to the owner of briar cliff or whoever manages that Mm -hmm. I'm super excited to go back there. I think when I raced there on 90s, it was always a cool track. It was very fast, yes. But I think, like you said, we need to go to tracks who support us. And I would honestly put that one in, like, the top that we need to support. Like, I think Three Palms is a great track. Like, the owner, the owner, I've never seen a track put so much effort into advertising, putting banners up. Uh, he has nice flaggers. I mean, just we need to really support these tracks that, that support us. And it's yeah. great to see like a track, like three palms back on the schedule. It's great to see a track like Briar cliff back. So, so all in all, I think it's going to be a great year. It's, it's an awesome schedule. Um, and, and I'm super excited. Yeah, I can't wait to um, agree to 100%. I won't let that pass by without complimenting, complimenting Three Palms. I had such a great time there. That was an awesome racetrack, a highlight of the year for me. I loved being down there. I had a blast. And I like, it's just a little bit different style of racetrack, maybe a little more man-made, maybe a little more technical. I just like that. I like that they throw riders a curveball, something a little different. It's not some big spread out national track with natural terrain that we race at every weekend. I like that. I like having something a little different. And then when we talk about Briarcliff, you're exactly right. I loved that track when we were back there. I thought that they didn't get a fair shake. Um, I'm glad that we're going back there because I know that those guys want to redeem themselves. I know they learned things the first time around. That they'll do a little differently. And I have no doubt in my mind that that's going to be an awesome, awesome finale, awesome host for um, another ATB national. I hope that that turns into an event uh, that we're going to for years to come because that's a perfect place in the country too. It's centrally located. There's a lot of people that are going to go to an Ohio based race. So I, I just feel like that's, uh, that's, that's great. Exciting stuff, obviously, as we talk about the schedule there and your plans for 2021, and you're going to be lining up on a Yamaha. So that's amazing, but uh, we'll get you out of here on this note. We've went uh, longer than expected, but we have Dom coming up on the show of the program training. Of course, uh, what do you got to say about Dom? You've mentioned him a few times now, but he's been such an asset to your program. And I have to believe that with an entire off season with the program, it's going to have you even taking another step going that much further, um, you know, coming into 2021. No, for sure. Like I've told a lot of people, I feel like racing is, is 60% mental 
in in forty uh, percent physical. Um, and I think Dom, Dom, I think a trainer is like one of the most important things. I think if you're not physically there, you're not going to do good. If you're not mentally there, you're not going to do good. And one thing that's great about Dom is is to me, I think that he's the best trainer in the sport. And I know he he went out of the sport for a couple of years, but after Aonia, like I said, I gave him the call and I'm like, Dom, what's it going to take for you to get back in this? Because I would love to work for you. And that's one guy, one guy that I always know since 2016, I think I broke my hips. He's never said one bad thing about me. And I know that guy was there for me when I broke my hips. So, so I gave him the call because I know he was there for me and all that. Um, but he's helped so much with the, the mental side of things and the training. He's teaching me that, that not everyone's a champion. You have to be a warrior to be a champion. You have to take yourself in dark places. And I don't want to say too much what he tells me because it's a big, big weapon that I have over some people, but okay, just the way, the way that, that he's been building me. And, and I think that, like once I once I get to go to his house, once we once he can come to my house, once we like really bond and mm-hmm. once we figure each other out, like like once he figures out like where I fail and he can push me harder and and just once I start fully like I listen to him, but once I completely buy in and every once we start clicking, I feel like you could see what what happened with him and Joel where mm-hmm. they started. I mean, I would say that they did very well when they were working together. Um, and I just think that it could be a good thing. I mean, I appreciate everything Dom does. He, he works a full-time job and then he comes home and we train together. So, so he, he's a big, big asset to my program. And, and that's a lot of the reason why I, I respect him so much. And, and I want to work hard to make him be successful. And, and I think he wants to do the same for me. Awesome. Yeah, I, I can't agree more. I do believe that he's the best trainer in the sport. We've seen what he's done with Joel. So that's a, a a great place for you to be in. You're kind of that next guy. He's grooming you like he once groomed Joel. He's been through these things before. He's he's done this process. Um, you know, he's, he's grown a rider into being, you know, the best. And uh, so to have you in this role, it's got to be a great opportunity for you. And, and I, I agree again that he's the best trainer in the sport. I think he's a great guy too. So, um, so yeah, I think that that's a great guy to have in your corner, but pal, I I can't uh, thank you enough, obviously for your time tonight. Um, I can't uh, congratulate you enough on a amazing rookie season, but I really, I really do appreciate you coming on here to break some big news here on the digging deep ATV MX podcast. So again, I can't thank you enough for your time and we are extremely excited to see the number four on the Yamaha in 2021 and see what you have in store for us. Thank you for having me on, Cody, and thank you for everything you do and digging deep you guys do for the sport. I appreciate it, and and I would just like to thank everyone that that has helped me and is helping me now and has worked countless hours to to make the switch happen and just everything everyone's done. Thank you, and and I'm telling you, we're going to have an exciting year next year. Yeah, can't wait. Can't thank you enough, man. That's Rookie of the Year, Bryce Ford, brought to you by Manscaped. Use code DIGGINGDEEP20 for 20% off at manscaped.com. Thanks again, pal. Happy holidays, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Cody. Have a good day. We'll get right back to the show, but now a word from our sponsors. And thank you for listening to these ads. Without these great companies, none of this would be possible. Show your support for the people who support us. 
Before Digging Deep was even a reality, back when it was just an idea, CST Tires already believed in us, which is fitting because no one believes in their tires more than I do. Our title sponsor, CST Tires, and their Pulse MXR Tires continue to hook every rider strong enough and willing to grab a handful of throttle after mounting them on their ride. Used by Thomas Brown to win races and clinch a third straight Quad Cross of Nations title, Nick Janusa when he grabbed his first career pro-class podium, and myself, Cody Jansen, as I rode my Pulse MXR fronts and white label soft compound rears to back-to-back national championships in the Junior 25 Plus class. The Pulse MXR tire, available in soft and standard compounds, offers the highest level of traction, most predictable cornering, and superior wear characteristics when compared to the competition. Visit csttires.com to join the CST Takeover today or prepare to be beat by someone who did. CST Tires, where passion meets the ground. Anybody that I've gotten to try them, I've heard nothing but positive things back. We're proud to be Team Blue Crew here at the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast. Why choose Yamaha? Look no further than Chad Wienan's seven championships in the past nine seasons aboard his Yamaha YFZ 450R. Not to mention Yamaha is the leading OEM supporter of ATV racing and their support of this podcast proves it. For the 2020 ATVMX season, Yamaha's Blue Crew Racer Support Program will offer payout and prize opportunities, including a chance to win a brand new YFZ 450R. For more information, head to yamahaoutdoors.com and follow them on social media at Yamaha Outdoors today. All hail Blue Crew, the number one OEM supporter of ATV racing. For over 150 years, Valvoline has led the charge by being dedicated to constant improvement and innovation across all disciplines of racing. Valvoline has sponsored some of the greatest names in motorsports, and for the better part of a decade, I've been fortunate enough to be part of the historically great Team Valvoline. From my commuting vehicles to small engines, race quads, and everything in between, I trust nothing but Valvoline in all of my equipment. I've experienced increased function and durability as well as a longer life expectancy thanks to Valvoline's array of products and lubricants. Since 1866, Valvoline has been focused on bettering your experience, whether on road, on track, and everywhere in between. Upgrade to Valvoline today and check them out at Valvoline.com. SSI Decals is a name synonymous with ATV racing, synonymous with big time success, and absolutely synonymous with the best looking decals around. An offshoot of their parent company that was established in 1947, SSI first took shape from owner Ian Harris's passion for ATVs. With what started as just making numbers and decals for riders like Chad Wienan, the company quickly took off, and today you couldn't imagine ATV motocross without SSI decals. The graphics maker and designer now supports all the top teams in ATV motocross as well as teams and riders racing GNCC, Work Series, Pro Motocross and Supercross, Canadian Pro Motocross, Short Course Off-Road Trucks, UTVs, Snowcross, and oh yeah, six-time NHRA World Champion Clay Milliken. No project is too big or too small for SSI decals, making your identity stick with championship-level graphics. Head over to SSIDecals.com today and then maybe call the doctor because things are about to get sick. The Digging Deep ATVMX podcast is brought to you in part by DID Racing Chain and their 520 ATV2 chain. This patented X-ring chain boasts a steel alloy construction for reduced weight, increased strength, and a longer overall chain life, making it the optimal ATV racing chain. Pick up an ATV2 chain today at your local dealer or wherever DID chains are sold. Don't forget about their motocross, off-road, and street bike chains as well. Wherever you go, go with DID. Hello listeners, this is Chad Wienan, AMA ATV Pro National Champion, an owner of Wienan Motorsports and proud partner of Digging Deep ATV MX Podcast. The two of us share a strong passion for ATV MX. 
Owning my own team gives us the ability to handpick the best products on the market for our racing program. With consistent testing, research, and development, we are confident that when choosing the products we believe in, our customers will be satisfied in building their own race program as well. We race what we sell. With brands like Fox Shocks, Walsh Racecraft, SSI Decals, Wrath Racing, and Henson Racing, just to mention a few, go to check out WeenanMotorsports.com to see the full lineup. Enter discount promo code DIGDEEP at checkout. Enough talking already. Get out and get some fresh air and go ride. Hope to see you at the track soon. We are proud to be partnered with Numira Technologies. Since 2001, Numira has led the charge in the ATV and side-by-side -side market, covering more applications than anyone else in the industry. Numira's advanced piston technology uses a NASA-exclusive aluminum alloy that helps to reduce expansion rates, that allows for tighter tolerances, and leads to higher overall engine performance for your machine. For more information about Numira's wide offerings of pistons, rings, gaskets, and industry-leading top-end repair kits, Visit your local dealer or online at www.numira.com. Numira Technologies, pistons with an attitude. We are pleased to be partnered with Bronco ATV and UTV components. Bronco has been an industry leader in replacement hard parts and accessories for all makes and models for over 15 years. With a catalog that includes a full line of electrical components, engine internals like rods and cylinders, all the way down to suspension parts and bearing kits. Bronco is your hard part source for whatever you need for whatever you ride. Available exclusively through distributors around the world. Visit your local dealer or online at broncoatv.com. The Digging Deep ATV MX podcast is also sponsored by DP Brakes, a longtime supporter of ATV racing and the world leader in centered brake technology. DP has been dominating the ATV world for decades by supporting the best four-wheeled racers on the planet. 2020 is no different, with an impressive lineup including Joel Hedrick and Phoenix Racing Honda Team. Cody Jansen and his Junior 25 Plus National Championship, Baldwin Motorsports, Nick Januza, Wesley Wolf, and much more in the ATV Motocross. In GNCC Racing, DP has 16 of the top 17 pros heading into 2020. This includes the champ Walker Fowler, Bryson Neal, Chris Borich, Cole Richardson, Jared McClure, Adam McGill, and more. These riders continue to appreciate the high performance and impressive durability that their DP brakes have to offer, products that ultimately help place them on the top of the podium. Available at www.dp-brakes.com. Purchase at your local dealer or message us for the contact info today. What are you waiting for? Join the best ATV riders in the world on DP brakes. Forworks Carbon's innovative lightweight products include top-notch seat covers, carbon fiber, and plastic hoods, gas tank covers, exhaust shields, shot guards, and much more. Whether you have an ATV, UTV, or snowmobile, 4Works has the goodies that will improve your ride and make you salivate. We trust 4Works for increased function and a sexier look, and you should too. 4Works Carbon, always working hard to bring high quality and innovative parts to the market. Check them out today at fwcarbon.com. Just like the sport of ATV motocross as a whole, our Digging Deep community is brought together by the love for racing that we all share. Our sport is compiled of many great people, and leading that charge is the Launderville family at Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply. This racing-owned family business is a steel and concrete supplier serving the entire United States. Launderville Steel is a full-service steel supplier of new and surplus steel, aluminum, and stainless steel products headlined by the 4130 chromoly tubing and plate used in the building of chassis for ATVs and UTVs, off-road truck racing, late model dirt and pro tractor pulling series, drag racing, 
and more. Launderville Steel loves their racing just as much as we do, but don't forget about their concrete division as well. With over 25 years of experience, the concrete division can supply everything you need to complete your next business or personal project. Their central Midwest location enables LSE to easily serve customers across the United States. For a quote, additional info, answers to more of your questions, or to talk a little racing, head over to LaundervilleSteel.com or give them a call today. We are proud to be partnered with yet another racer-owned company. Thank you, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply. We are proud to be partnered with Gripped Gloves. Gripped is an ATV rider-owned and operated brand with the rider in mind and the goal of keeping costs affordable. The Michigan-based family operation recognizes riders' desire to showcase their identity. Owner David Payne's love for eccentric colorways and crazy patterns shows in his product something not often found in the work of big manufacturers. Here to push stereotypes and limitations, Grip's drive is to produce a glove with cool colors and designs that won't break the bank. With comfort and quality as key motivators, the family affair is constantly working on the next more innovative and improved glove. Get a grip on life, join the Gripped movement, because no one wants a bland glove. Check them out today at grippedgloves.com, that's G-R-I-P-T gloves.com, and use discount code DIGGINGDEEP10 to save at checkout. If you were to guess, on average, how many days people in the U.S. have to wait to see a doctor, what would you say? Americans have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities. And if you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a licensed doctor in your state, all from the comfort of your home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. If the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments and you can cancel anytime. So if you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com digging for your free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com digging for your free online visit and free two-day shipping. We are also proud of our partnership with Factory 43. Factory 43 was born in 2007, making Nerf bars for the Suzuki LTR, Honda TRX450R, and Yamaha's YFZ450. The brand soon added bumpers and grab bars and for years now has offered parts for all sport quads. The racer-owned company strives to offer a quality product that installs easy, looks good, and holds up over time. For 2020, Factory 43 is the aluminum parts choice of the Phoenix Racing Team, providing riders like Joel Hetrick, Jeffrey Rastrelli, Chris Borich, and Grayson Eller with the motocross and cross-country versions of their Evo Nerf Bar and MX-style front bumpers. Head over to Factory43ATV.com to see their full line of products, thanks to Factory 43. We are excited to dig deep with the support of Bikes, Trikes, and Quads, LLC. Celebrating their 10-year anniversary this May, the company was started by former racers selling three-wheeler parts out of a barn in upstate New York. Through hard work, accompanied by offering great service to their customers, BTQ LLC now has over 40,000 new and used parts in stock. But they haven't forgotten their roots, still offering used OEM parts for three-wheelers, dirt bikes, 
ATVs, and side-by-sides. Parts are in stock and ready to ship with delivery within three days, including free shipping on orders over $50. Use discount code ATVMX at www.btqllc.com for $10 off orders of $50 or more. We're grateful to have Bikes, Trikes, and Quads LLC digging deep with us. Support our industry's grassroots businesses. Thank you, BTQ LLC. The Decker Training Facility at County Line MX is now open. This premier motocross training compound is located in beautiful Fountain, Florida, about a 40-minute drive from Panama City Beach. Their rapidly growing facility consists of a pro-level national track, amateur and youth tracks, woods loop, and mountain bike trails. Everything you need to train comfortably all winter long is available on site, including private cabins, a full gym, RV hookups, bathhouses, garage, dump station, wash bays, and more. With accommodations for riders across the country and around the world, the Decker Training Facility will help you become the best rider you can be. Sign up for a group training session or a private lesson with nationally ranked pros. Train tougher, smarter and harder this off-season at one of Florida's most luxurious facilities. For more information, go to DeckerTrainingFacility.com or find them on Facebook and Instagram. Decker Training Facility, your elite training experience. We are proud to be partnered with Avocado Green Mattresses. We all know that sleep and rest are an important part of any athlete's routine. Avocado's line of natural mattresses and pillows provide exactly the support you need to ensure you perform at your best while doing the best for the planet. The Avocado mattress offers zoned back support with an internal support unit, meaning whether you are recovering from a hard day of riding or relaxing on a Sunday morning, you will be experiencing next level comfort. You can rest in peace knowing the components in your mattress and pillow are non-toxic, natural, and sustainably sourced. And getting your Avocado Green mattress could not be any easier. They offer a 100-night sleep trial, free shipping and return pickups, and a 25-year warranty. And if that wasn't enough, rest assured knowing they have five-star ratings by verified customers, including some of the Digging Deep staff. Step up your sleep game by visiting avocadomattress.com. Thanks for listening, and remember to support our partners. Now back to the show. All right, guys, to cap off this Bryce Ford breaking news episode is a guy who was a major contributor to his rookie of the year season brought to you by DID racing chain, Namira technologies and Bronco ATV and UTV components. It's Mr. Dominic Sampolik of the program training. What's up, Dom? It's been a little bit since we last had you on. So glad you could join me again. What's happening, Cody? Yeah, it's been a little bit, but we're back. Yeah, I mean, it's so great to have you back. we got a, a lot to get to tonight. Great uh, topic to talk about when you talk about Bryce Ford. The program training has been wildly successful over the course of the last decade in ATV motocross. We spoke about this in depth when we had you on last, but 2021 was kind of a renaissance year for the program. You teamed up with the Ford Brothers Racing Team, and man, you took those guys to another level. So take me through your thinking when you get that phone call, because working with a rising star like Bryce Ford is quite the opportunity. And Bryce told us firsthand that he desired to work with you. Yeah, I believe it was only a matter of time. I mean, me and Bryce talked, uh, you know, every year um, since I've known him. And we always knew, Bryce always knew when he was ready, he would uh, come to me. And, you know, seeing, you know, the beginning of the year where they were and then seeing, you know, what took place at Anya Pass, um, you know, with 
with Daytona is only 15 laps, you know, a minute lap time track really doesn't show endurance air. Um, you got to be in shape to ride that track, but nothing like Anya pass when it's a hundred degrees. Mm-hmm. If your heat training isn't in check, you're, you know, you're not going to make it long. So soon he struggled, had them two motors that he struggled. You know, I got the phone call from John Ford um, Monday and, you know, here we are today. And you spoke in the past about that you saw extreme potential with this kid, right? So um, I know that you had some desire to work with a kid like Bryce. And, and we both know that your, um, both of your personalities, I think, line up really well. So again, you had to be, you had to be excited when that, when that call finally came. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Bryce is a warrior. Um, Bryce has, you know, championship mentality. He wants it. Um, he just has to have the right, you know, support group to get that. And he does have a great support group, but the missing puzzle, you know, the missing piece, you know, was his training, his training was off. Um, so, you know, we've been working, you know, day in and day out with that. It didn't take us long after Anya passed to kind of, you know, get him up to what he knew he could do, not up to the level of running up front with the guys consistent, you know, for 15, 20 minutes, but he was able to run up front, get the taste and, you know, finish in the top four. I mean, I want to say it was what top four for, I think uh, most of the motos after what Muddy Creek, I think the second moto Muddy Creek, he finished fourth. He did. Right? He did. And then it seemed like he, he kind of looked at that spot, at least like it was his, he was obviously shooting higher than that fourth spot, but he seemed like he was clearly kind of uh kind of that fourth place guy from that second moto at Muddy Creek forward. And you kind of talked about it. I mean, we all know with Bryce, his speed is never the question, but when you guy, when you teamed up with the Ford brothers, you made fitness a strength or at least started to, which is going to be a, a scary combination for the rest of the pro class for years to come. So tell me where was Bryce's fitness when you started with him versus where it is today? Oh, he's, he's leaps and bounds of where he was. Um, Bryce was, you know, I said it to you before, you know, these guys are professional athletes, you know, to have a professional athlete as, you know, your job title. I, I carry that very highly for these guys. I mean, and being a professional athlete, you got to train like a professional athlete. You can't talk about it. You can't be about it. You got to train like a professional athlete. So when I got a hold of Bryce, he wasn't, in my opinion, he wasn't training like a professional athlete. So, you know, I, we jumped right into it. There was no like, Hey, we're going to start off slow. We jumped right into it. Um, and Bryce made a lot of progress where we're at right now. I think we're about 70 to 80% of his hundred percent. And that's scary because he's hitting a lot of milestones um, with training, you know, certain things I look for he's hitting. So right now, if I had to put a, uh, you know, a number one, I would say 70, 80% of his hundred percent, that's 70 to 80% to others could be most others hundred percent well and i and i think the reason why you two uh, are such a perfect pair is he uh i think it's a testament to bryce that he wants that he wants what you can give him he wants to be pushed like you like probably only you can i think it's a testament to to bryce and just that that makeup that he has as an athlete as a competitor as a warrior like you said um he's not just trying to like settle with where he is i mean he has such lofty goals but he wants to put in the work to get there he wants to be pushed like you can um he's just got that that killer instinct 
mentality. Um, I feel like that's why you guys are such a perfect match, such a perfect fit for each other because you guys share that, that killer instinct, that, uh, that warrior mentality. Absolutely. I mean, he wants to be a champion. You know, that's all I want to be. That's all, you know, I think we have great success. You know, championship mentality is all, you know, that's only the way I think. I mean, I got, you know, Dominic, my son, who's, you know, 14 years old, who's very high level into, you know, into what we're, how can you say, mold, like we mold, you know, I like to say we mold riders. Yep. But you're right. You know, my mentality is, listen, if we're going to do it, we're going to be the best. Mm-hmm. Um, that's Bryce's mentality. He's like, I'm going to be the best or we're just not going to do that. I respect that. Like why, why waste anybody's time? You know what I mean? And he wants to, Bryce has that mentality of wanting to be the best. Right. Well, I think that it's so rare too, because I mean, with athletes, with riders, with young guys, um, you know, sometimes I feel like you can get, you can get, you know, uh, caught up in, in the, the hype or whatever, or yourself, you can get this like in your head, this mentality where you don't want to be pushed. You don't want to ever be, um, you know, pushed to the edge and, and not kind of perform or whatever, if, if that makes sense. And Bryce isn't that way. Like he wants to be pushed so he can be better. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't uh, back down from a challenge, I guess. Um, I feel like he, again, he's just got that chip on his shoulder. He's gonna, going to keep pushing and keep trying to get better and he knows that that's what you're doing for him uh, day in and day out with the program that's what it's all about and that's why uh, I feel like you guys are going to be so successful together and I have to believe that we can expect to see a jump from Bryce um, with a full off season spent with with you spent training with you that's kind of when you lay the foundation for the season you didn't get that last year when you came on after the season had started so i have to believe that um we could see him take another jump in his fitness going into next season with a full off season and also he's going to continue to to mature his body's going to mature and age a little bit but i think that there's major gains to still be had out there i'm assuming for sure oh oh my god yeah i mean bryce from you know, uh, the last round at South of the border to right now, I mean, that's a totally different, totally different kid. I mean, you know, I kind of look for certain things when we train. So, you know, not giving, you know, a lot of stuff away, but like rope climbs, you know, we do a lot of different things with ropes, right? So, you know, the forts have like a 25, 30 foot rope that goes up. When we started, Bryce could not go up that rope. Couldn't go up that rope. I mean, even with arms and legs. Now he goes up the rope after we're done training three times to failure, just arms. Right. So seeing like, I don't care. Like if you're not putting the right work in, if you just try to climb that rope every day, you ain't going to do it. Right. You got to put the right work to get there. So like he just went for a two mile run and our off season training is, uh, I would say 10% if 10% of cardio. Right. Okay. He just went for a two mile run. I said, go out and let's see where we're at with the two mile run. Now remember we haven't done it in, Probably two and a half, three months, three months at least. Okay. Thirteen ten he did for two miles. Oh wow. That's killer. Oh my gosh. You're a runner. You're a runner. Yep. Before Bryce can do that. And now let's just say this. Cody, we're not even training for mm-hmm. that. We're not even we're not even that. So already that mental out there trying to push the envelope, trying to set a record that you haven't even practiced, you have to have the mentality of like, okay, I'm gonna give it hell. Or high water, and that's what in that's Bryce's mentality. Well, and also uh, what we always talked about over the years, even though you're not, he's not running daily, right? But his base level fitness is so much 
better, so much higher, he's able to go out there and run better than ever, even though he's not running on the daily. Absolutely. Um, and I, I give it to the mental side more. Now, you know, you know as well as I do with the mental side. So it's like trying to hold your breath underwater. Hey, hold your breath underwater the first time he does it for five seconds. Now he's got that mental, like, I don't care if I pass out. I don't care what happens here. He just keeps holding that. So going out for a sprint, that was one of the main purposes why I did it. I went to see where our mental side, I went to see where what the mental training that we've been putting in, seeing where he was. Mm -hmm. Because to be serious, I thought I was going to get a 15 minute. Okay. I, I, you know what I mean? I thought I was going to get a 15 minute. Kid goes out and does a 13 10. I'm like, damn, kid. You know what I mean? That, and he sends me everything. You know, I have everything. I'm like, Hold. and there's no cheating. You know what I mean? <laughs> there, there's no cheating with that. And it's like, right. All right, kid. So he does. I mean, we talk about this. We work on our mental, the mental training side of it so much. We've been doing that. And I would say in the off season, yes, we've been putting a lot of work in the strength, mm -hmm. but the mental training I would say is tenfolds of what we've been putting in. Okay. And I was going to ask about that. I mean, I know you don't want to give any secrets away, of course, but uh, give us a glimpse into, into what his off season looks like as Bryce prepares for his sophomore season as a pro. I believe you, you, you kind of mentioned it there. We've talked about it um, earlier. It's a lot of, it's a lot of strength training, right? You want him to get, uh, get a little more, a little more stronger, beefed up, but um um, again, don't give away any secrets, I know, but uh, if you can give us any any look into what his offseason looks like heading into year two. Uh, well, his, you know, 100% strength. I mean, he's got that crazy on-the-edge riding style where you got to be super strong to yep. hold him. And that was the one thing, you know, going in, even into the season. I, I mean, I look at these kids, and I'm, I'm like, I can look at you and tell you if you're in shape. I can look at you and tell you if you're not in shape. And Bryce was in shape, but Bryce wasn't strong you know so we've been doing a lot of strength training i would say all strength training with mental um and he's making big big leaps with his strength i mean like i said with the rope you know going up a rope after we're done training after we're done a program three and a half times to like failure that's pretty insane um with no legs i mean this is straight arms mm -hmm. um strengthening the legs we've been doing a lot of uh lower body a lot of core we've been doing you know upper body um his back his max bench i mean he's going up probably 30 to 50 pounds with his max bench and people might say oh well you know well you, should you be doing that well yeah i mean your upper body is so much i mean when people lay down on a bench and do bench I mean, that's, there's a lot of muscle groups working with that same thing when you're riding a quad there's a lot of muscle groups holding that so he is definitely getting um, really, really strong. Oh, that's, uh, it's great to hear. Obviously, um, you know, he was obviously, like you said, he's in shape, but man, you got to be in gnarly shape. You got to be a strong, a strong top tier athlete to, uh, compete at the front of the pro class. Like you said, to be a true professional. Um, so, you know, when we're talking about Bryce, you've kind of done this before, right? You worked with a, a young Joel Hattrick and we all saw what you did with Joel. You guys made fitness a strength for him and you're kind of, you're, you're, you're simulating that now with Bryce. So um, do you see similarities between the two being that you've kind of done this before? Do you find yourself trying to emulate what you did in the past with, with uh, Joel Hattrick when he was young? Um, the similarities I would say is they both know that they are championship material. Um, but the thing that Joel had over Bryce was he had experience. I mean, Joel was, I believe 24, 25 when we started working together. So we had like four or five years in a pro class. Here's Bryce, an 18 year old kid 
we started working, you know, his first year. Now it's his second year in progress. So, you know, there's a lot more mental training side of it with Bryce than there was with Joel. Joel had the good mental side. I mean, I brought a lot to mental to Joel, but it was easy for Joel to pick up and run with it because he knew already, he already got beat by Chad how many times. He knew that if he didn't get in tip-top shape, he wasn't going to beat Chad. You know, going with Bryce, Bryce didn't really know what to expect. Bryce didn't know. Bryce knew that he was as fast as, say, Chad and Joel and Thomas' lap time was. But Bryce didn't know going into it where he was at 24 minutes. And to beat them, other guys behind them, you know, that was – I say beating them guys was more mental training with uh, Bryce. But the similarities I would say with them too is they both know they were, they're championship, you know, championship riders, but they're definitely in some aspects totally opposite end of the spectrums as well. Yeah, I think you're I think you're obviously totally right. I mean, first of all, there's no simulating all the years of of racing these these long motos like these guys have done. So, um, you know, you kind of got to got to throw yourself to the fire like Bryce did at the beginning of the year and he and he got better and better uh throughout the season as as they as the the season went on there. Um, but yeah, when you talk about the similarities between the two, I think uh, my mind directly goes to natural riding ability um but you know we spoke about this previously that you know natural riding ability there's tons of people that have it it's what you do with it and i think again that's a testament to to bryce and his mental makeup and how successful he's going to be because he wants to grind so that he can make the very most out of his natural ability. And he knows, you know, you worked with Joel once he loved the success that you once had with Joel, um, kind of making him rise to the top. And he wants, you know, your assistance to kind of, you know, follow that same path. And, and you're definitely the man for the job. Yeah. I think, you know, what the difference with me with most people is, you know, like in Bryce's corner and Joel's corner, there's a lot of people telling these riders what they want to hear. I tell you what you don't want to hear. I tell you how it is. And I think that's where Joel got glued to me. And that's where Bryce gets glued to me because there's a lot of people massaging, Hey, you'll be okay. And I'm the guy that dude, you were like crap out there. I mean, that's not you. So with Bryce, you know, me and Bryce have a, a, a very good bond, a very good bond going on. You know, he can talk to me. I can talk to him. I can give it to him real. He can tell me how he's feeling. He can tell me what he wants to change and, and certain things like that. And, you know, I think to become a champion, you, you need somebody in your corner to give it to you real all the time, not massage nothing. And I, I think that's where, you know, me and Bryce and, you know, even me and Joel, that's where we were glued together. I think you're right. Again, I think that your I think that your mentalities, um, I think that everything you value and uh, th that just that killer instinct uh, is something that you guys share. I think it's the, I think it's the perfect, um, you know, perfect match. And I, I believe that you guys are going to be very successful uh, in 2021 and beyond. And, and, you know, with Bryce, Bryce was the, was the talk of last off season and he somehow managed to live up to that hype. And honestly, he still may be the hottest topic in the sport coming off an unforgettable rookie campaign, a rookie, a rookie year uh, in, in this sport that we haven't seen in damn near as long as I can remember. So uh, I'll ask you, what do you expect from Bryce in 2021? Win races. 
win races. That's, you know, that's the goal this year is to win races, to, to battle for championships. You got to win races. So we got to make that first step is start winning races. Um, I think what's going to benefit greatly to Bryce this year is Bryce is going to spend a lot of time here at my house with my gym, with me one-on-one with, you know, my son, Dominic. So the, the level of training that's going to, going to be here and is here is going to help take Bryce to them wins. Um, but the goal this year is to win races. Um, I would say to you, if I said, oh, the goal is to win a championship year, uh, I don't think that's a realistic goal because we have to make that first step in winning races. But I will say this to you. It's going to take Bryce one time to win one race. And I don't know if you're ever going to stop that kid again. Well, I think so. I think we somewhat saw that last year, right? I mean, he he uh, he got that that first, um, you know, he got a whole shot. He led some laps. The next weekend, he finishes on the podium. Um, you know, then he rips more whole shots, leads more laps, gets that second podium. I think you're exactly right. I mean, if he gets a taste of victory or something, um, it's going to be a snowball effect. And there's no doubt in my mind he's going to the line uh you know thinking he should and is going to win these races and i mean we can talk about you know that that should be the mentality for everybody but there's only a very select few of them that know that they should go win these races or believe they're actually going to win these races when they line up for them and there's no doubt in my mind that bryce believes he's going to win when he lines up you know, when he lines up in 2021 and beyond. And that's the first, that's the first key, I think, because at the end of the year, like in Texas, when we saw Bryce and he, he thought he had a chance to win and he believed he could, I mean, he was at the front of all of those races. I think that's what we're going to see in 2021. I mean, he dominated Texas as an 18 year old professional. You look back at Texas, it's easy to kind of forget the battle that Joel and Chad had when you have this 18 year old kid, ripping hole shots, passing the six-time champion, looking at Joel in the corners like, this guy ain't got nothing for me. I mean, it was uh, – and, I, you know, it's one race I wasn't able to get to with uh, my other business. So mm-hmm. – but he stole the show at Texas. Oh, and here, he did. He said it, and I said it. If – when he wins his first race, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't think you're going to stop. Yep. I think he's going to run with – because he's so young. Like – I want to say Dustin Wimmer was probably the youngest, right, to compete for championship because Dustin won his first championship when he was he was 20 when the mm-hmm. season started, then he turned 21. Yep. But he was battling with August and them when he was like 19 years old, 19, yeah. 20 years old. Yeah, it's amazing. I think that's what you're going to see with Bryce. I, th- I mean, you're again. He's going. He'll he'll be 19, you know, for this upcoming season. And uh, yeah, he's gonna he's going to be right in contention. I think he's gonna be he's gonna be duking it out with those first guys, uh, those other top two that have always been there. We're talking about all time greats with those last two guys. He's an 18 year old kid, and that's what stands out to me most about Texas is he was swinging back at those guys. You know, he was he was stick. He was he was he was not. Not intimidated by two of the all-time greats that are out there right now racing and uh it sure makes you excited for for 2021 oh my god yeah and you would think that joel and chad are ecstatic to have somebody else up there battle but i will say this i don't think joel and chad think he bryce uh is there yet and um that's where i gotta say to you know joel and i would say to chad don't bet against bryce don't bet against Bryce. I mean, you know, um, my money's on Bryce. I mean, my money's on Bryce. Like December 26th, we start season in season training. 
So by the first round, the second round, third round, this that's going to be a different kid that, you know, they haven't seen. I can promise you nobody's ever seen. You know, we put the work in. Our work always shows, um, and you'll see it with Bryce. When you see him at the first race in person, you're going to look at him like, God damn. I mean, a kid, he's starting to, you know, he's starting to be, look like a fit professional athlete. And uh, I'm ecstatic for it. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah, oh, me too. That battle at the front is going to be great. Uh, those top three, I think, are going to be the those, are the, those are the podium guys. Those are the podium uh, fixtures. And it's going to take a lot to, to – you know, for any of them to get overthrown off the podium. But I think that that next group, um, you know, we kind of discussed this earlier. I think, you know, the Brandon Hogues, Nick Janusas, Alan Myers, Max Linquist, all those guys that are going to be battling for that next battle is going to be good too. But, uh, you know, that, that top three is going to be hard to overthrow. So, um, yeah, it's going to be really exciting. All right, pal, I'm going to let you go um, on this note. Last preseason, coming off a solid rookie year, I predicted Cody Ford would be 2020's most improved pro. That didn't happen. We know he was hampered by injuries and maybe struggled a little bit with confidence after that. So if I told you that Cody Ford would be 2021's most improved pro, what would you say? I would 100% agree. Uh, we made a big uh, mental hurdle with Cody, um, I would say, at the end of the season and into the this offseason with his mental. Um, you know, it's very easy to get overshadowed by, you know, a sibling, you know, we saw it with the Martin brothers, Jeremy Martin and Alex Martin. And, you know, me and Cody sat down, we've talked and he understands now, you know, Bryce is not, you know, Bryce, you could say Bryce your competition, but, you know, you got to look at where your real competition is. I believe you're going to see Cody um, banging bars with the, you know, the, the top five, you know, the fifth, sixth, seventh, I think he'll be banging bars with your Janusas, with your Hoes, with your Myers. Um, I think he'll definitely uh, be there. So I agree with that. I think he uh, will be. Well, and he's got a he's got a killer advantage, right? With with uh, being able to see that speed of Bryce, practice with that speed of Bryce, also being able to train and push each other that way, he's got an advantage that really nobody else has. So I feel like, um, yeah, like last year was a a little bit of a lull for him, but he did get hurt right before the first race. I feel like he was very impressive in his rookie season, more impressive than I expected. And um, I think he's going to kind of pick up where he left off and, and be, you know, catapulted that much higher uh, with, with fitness now being a thing with you guys, with that being a strength and with you in his corner, I feel like uh, Cody Ford, I might've been one year premature, but I think Cody Ford's going to be our most improved pro next year. I agree. I definitely agree with the statement. Um, yeah, he's definitely, it, it's easy. It's, it's, you know, a lot of people think, Oh, well, you know, he gets to ride with Bryce, you know, he gets to see that speed. Well, it could definitely be, you know, a bad mental side, you know, you're That's riding true. with the kid that literally checks out on you. And it's like, man, I'm doing the same thing he's doing. Like what? So that was the hurdle that we got over with Cody. Mm-hmm. Like I gave it to Cody real like Cody stop. You have to stop competing with your brother. You have, he is a prodigy. There's only two in the sport and we're lucky. We're blessed to see two of them. Mm-hmm. You have Joel and Chad are the only prodigies that this sport probably ever seen. Like maybe Cody Gibson was mm-hmm. like another prodigy, yep. but you can't, you know, that can mess with you. So I told Cody, you got to take it like with the training wise, if you see your brother trying to, you know, push the envelope on you, you push it with him. So I think the training, it really has helped Cody on um, the riding. I think it does, but I think sometimes it could mess with Cody, and I believe he's over that this year. I mean, there's going to be a lot of other people down at his facility that he can ride with mm-hmm. and can compete with. And I think once, and I think it is now, 
Cody's confidence train gets rolling. He's one of them kids, man. He just gets that rolling and see you later. It's taking off. And I feel like, again, maybe in a different way, but he's a guy that really fits with your, your style and your mentality because he's the just put your nose down and, and nose to the grindstone, hard work, do the right work. That's Cody. So I feel like somebody who works as hard and puts as much uh, effort into it as he does, he's going to be successful. There's no doubt in my mind. And I totally get what you're saying about uh, maybe getting beat down by the – the speed, seeing that speed and, and maybe not being unrealistic for, you know, for any mere mortal. But, um, you know, for me, I felt like my biggest thing during my pro career is I just didn't have enough riding time, practice time with other fast guys. And um, so I, I, that was always something I wish I had more of. Uh, so hopefully, you know, like you said, you guys sounds like you're getting over some of those things and, and Cody's going to use it to his advantage. And um, we talked about that, that, you know, those two, those two guys feed off each other and they're just going to continue to push each other um, you know that much that much farther going forward and uh, I think that that's a, a strength for them both absolutely uh, absolutely I mean them too it's a, it's a good combo I mean you got two siblings that are there for each other mm-hmm. they're encouraging each other while we're training you know what I mean they let each other know when one's slacking and the other one is so it's a it's a great thing yeah that's awesome awesome Dom I, I'm so great to have uh, so grateful to have you on once again I can't thank you enough for joining me making the time for us thanks for always being in my corner um, over the years as a trainer as well I couldn't do it without you of course I'm grateful to call you a friend I always I value your insights so much on the show here. So I'm just uh, super thankful for your time and super pumped to have you back on. Cody, it's a pleasure. I thank you. Uh, you know, I mean, me and you've been working together. I had a memory come up, I think, since 2016. So yep. we've been together a while, you know, and you, uh, you've you always been one that puts in the work. I remember, I think it was last year that you had the fastest, you know, 5,000-meter road time out of the professionals. You know, I think you beat them guys. So you've always been a hard worker, and that's why it's always been a pleasure working with you and, you know, definitely became friends over the years as well. Oh yeah. You always made it fun for me in the variation with everything you do. I am such a fan of uh, just so, such a fan of your training method and such a fan of you and I uh, learned so much from you. So, um, you know, to have somebody like Bryce and Cody, but to have somebody like Bryce who's so, so talented um, now going to learn, you know, the fitness side of things from you, the sky's the limit for them. And uh, yeah, just can't thank you enough for joining me here to talk about uh, Bryce and Cody and uh, everything else. Can't thank you enough. I appreciate it, Cody. Thank you for having me and we'll definitely be doing more. Awesome. That's the program's Dominic Sampolik brought to you by DID, Namira, and Bronco ATV and UTV components. Happy holidays, buddy. Thanks so much. Hey, you too. Thanks, buddy. There you have it, guys. The Yamaha takeover is in full effect. Major thanks to Bryce Ford for wanting to break the news here on Digging Deep. And thanks to Dominic Sampolik of the program training for joining us as well. Thanks to producer Dallas Jansen, my brother who always finds the time, even on short notice like tonight. Thanks to Brooke. Thanks to AMA official Harv Whipple. Thanks to our sponsors, CST Tires, shop.csttires.com. Yamaha, thanks to Blue Crew, Valvoline, SSI Decals, DID Racing Chain, Wienan Motorsports, the Decker Training Facility, Namira Technologies, Bronco ATV and UTV Components, Launderville Steel Enterprises and Concrete Supply, Evans Waterless Power Sports Coolant, Forworks Carbon, DP Brakes, Gripped Gloves, Avocado Green Mattress, Roman Health, Factory 
Factory 43 and Bike Strikes and Quads LLC. Support the brands that support our show and don't forget to use those codes to save. Find them on our website and be sure to click that Rocky Mountain ATVMC banner to help us out. And most of all, thanks to you guys for listening. Our show merchandise, including Digging Deep shirts, hoodies, and more are available with free shipping on our website today. And if you're looking for another easy way to support our efforts, visit our website and click the Buy Me a Coffee button. This allows you to set up a one-time or monthly contribution to help us out. Don't forget about our voicemail line, 920-569-3519. Give us a call today. Follow the show on social media, Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast, and myself, Cody Jansen, for additional content and up-to-the-minute updates this off-season. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. You know the drill. Basically, wherever you find podcasts, you'll find the Digging Deep ATVMX Podcast. All of our episodes, additional podcast providers, sponsor links and discount codes, our show merchandise, and more can all be found on our website, Digging Deep ATVMX atvmx.com so check that out today this is the digging deep atvmx podcast wishing you and your family a very merry christmas and a happy holiday season be a friend tell a friend subscribe rate review and with that for bryce ford dominic Sampolik, brooke Catherine, dallas jansen and i'm your host cody jansen thanks for listening to the number one podcast in atv racing a million downloads and counting until next time thanks for joining us in digging deep with the stars of atv motocross those guys were hauling ass for real I remember watching Doug Gus, I don't know who it was, Steel City, running the same times Friday afternoon as James Stewart was on Sunday back then at Steel City. I, I would need to check this out. I, I, I'm dead serious. It was mental. I've never seen quads go that fast. It's not easy, Steve. It's not easy. Listen, JB. I <laughs> no, don't want to hear. It's not easy. I don't want to hear. Quadlers are freaking nice. You don't want too big red. What the? <laughs> Support for the Digging Deep ATVMX podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, providing you with the best tools for your grooming experience. Listen up, fellas. 2020 sucked. It's almost the new year, which means new balls with our sponsor, Manscaped. If you let yourself go during quarantine in 2020, Manscaped is here to help you reboot and stay clean and shaved in 2021. Manscaped is here to give you a fresh start with their Perfect Package 3.0. Included in this brand new luxury grooming kit, which doubles as the perfect gift this holiday season, is Manscaped's new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 electric trimmer. The greatest ball hair trimmer ever created features an anti-accident cutting edge ceramic blade long lasting battery waterproof technology and an led light feature to illuminate grooming areas for closer and more precise trimming the manscaped perfect package 3.0 includes literally everything you need to keep trimmed cut free and smelling nice down there trimmers deodorants moisturizers boxers a travel bag and more all included in this luxury kit tis the season to manscape and make sure you come out of quarantine with clean balls thanks to the lawnmower 3.0 get 20 percent off plus free shipping with code digging deep 20 at manscaped.com your balls will thank you 
Get 20% off and free shipping with code DIGGINGDEEP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com by using code DIGGINGDEEP20.